guys, welcome back to Thick and Thin with me, Katie Bilotti, and it is first thing in the morning right now. I still have some remnants of morning voice to get out of my system, so apologies for that, but I'm about to catch a train actually in about an hour and a half. I'm heading to the train station, good old Penn Station, to catch a train to go home for the holidays, and I just can't believe it. It, I mean, I feel like everyone says this, but it's so valid. The holiday season like came out of nowhere this year. It snuck up. It's here. It's like we're already preparing to get rid of our Christmas trees and like I mean Hanukkah is here everything is just all of a sudden here and it's crazy to me and I I like it just was unbeknownst to me that Christmas was like this week which is what I celebrate and I literally had to go gift shopping late last night like had to like get remnants of things that I just you know I had in my head that I was going to get and I didn't think I had to get it yet and then I was like wait a second my train is tomorrow morning and I need to be like home and whatever I have a gift swap actually with my one side of my family tonight which doesn't feel real because I'm sitting in my New York City apartment right now and tonight I'm going to be in a you know family home in Maryland exchanging gifts so it's just so strange anyway I think someone did say to me though that Thanksgiving was late this year or something about how the calendar fell it seemed later or it truly was later and so that being said we had less time in between Thanksgiving and this week or this week of holidays I don't want to say Christmas only but you know you know what I mean when I say Christmas I mean everything so anyway regardless we are here we're podcasting I have a new subject to discuss with you guys today I feel like I haven't ever really talked about this subject but maybe I have you know I've done a lot of episodes this year so today I want to talk about the things that we're bad at and why we should do those things why we should do things even if we you know, aren't very good at them, why we should kind of take a leap and start doing things that we have interest in, but we might not be extremely good at at first, and we get frustrated and a number of things. I noticed this in my daily life twice this week. There's two things I was doing this week where I was like, you know what? I am not very good at this. And I started to get imposter syndrome, feel imposter syndrome, creeping in if you guys know I've actually discussed that a few times on the podcast so basically imposter syndrome is when you just feel like an imposter in your own life you feel like whatever you're doing in your job and a number of things it's like someone else could do this better than me someone else does this better than me why like who am I kidding why do I feel like I can proclaim that I am this type of person when I feel like I'm just an imposter like I'm just saying that I am this person or I'm acting this certain way to be portrayed as or you know seen as this person but I'm truly just an imposter so a couple of times this week I've felt that happen to me and I'm like you know what this would be a great podcast because I feel like other people definitely feel this way as well so first and foremost I guess I'll start with the first one I took a calligraphy class this past week on a on Wednesday I think yes Wednesday night it was a great use of a Wednesday night it was the cutest little thing Sam Tyke is her name she is a calligrapher in New York City I followed her on Instagram for so long she actually she popped up on my discover page or my explore page whatever you call that and I can't believe it like that's like an Instagram miracle that like someone actually very cool that I really want to follow popped up on there sometimes I feel like I'm like really you think that my whole explore page guys is pregnant women nothing wrong with pregnant women but like why like why Instagram what are you trying to tell me so anyway uh, she popped up on my explore page probably a few months ago and so I decided to take her calligraphy class because you guys know I love hand lettering I'm super passionate about 
letters and words and writing things and making things look pretty. I've, you know, attacked my school notebooks for years and years with like just making my notes super pretty. I love how words look on a page, that sort of thing. That that's one of my passions. And for a while, you know, I've I've gotten a little bit you know, I don't want to say big headed, but just super confident in myself in that regard. I, you know, I've gotten people telling me for years that they love my handwriting. So for a while I was like, you know what? Like, yeah, my handwriting's cool. Like I'm good at this. This is something I can add to my resume of things I do, hand lettering, etc. And so then when I heard about this calligraphy class, I was like, yeah, of course I'll take it because, you know, I'm already kind of good at this. So can't be that hard. Can't be that uh, that tricky. I'm going to you know go in there and all these other beginners, because it was a beginner course, are going to be like, who is this girl? She's so good at this. Anyway, that was my mentality going into it. Long story short, you guys can probably see where I'm going with this. I get to the calligraphy class. Sorry. So calligraphy is a hard word to say. Get there and sit down with all of my fellow beginners and you know, we, we start doing all the simple strokes, like there are simple line strokes we started with, you know, the ups, the downs. There's a lot I didn't know actually about the calligraphy pen that we were using. We were using like an actual uh, nib pen with, you know, the metal nib. First of all, I didn't know you had to like replace the nib like frequently. So that's something I didn't know. And then also I didn't know that, you know, you have to apply even pressure. Obviously I feel like that's kind of a given, but the reason is because in the nib, there's actually these two kind of um these two prongs I guess two prongs that when you push down on when you give it pressure they separate and so when you put more pressure obviously they separate more so you can get a thicker line and vice versa so that's something I learned it was very insightful she taught an amazing class highly recommend it so get to the class you know learning about the nib learning about the lines let me get into the harder stuff so like the words the letters things like that and I'm like oh I got this like I know cursive like the back of my hand my handwriting is cursive like my handwriting of choice and I've known cursive since like second grade I like self-taught myself certain letters etc like came in with such like a big head about it and I was bad <laughs> like guys I was so bad at just I don't know it, I mean, I, okay my problem was I was going way too fast like I just thought that I didn't have to slow down because I thought because I already know cursive but truly apparently in like in calligraphy you go slow even pros go really slow because that's how you get the perfect stroke the perfect stroke like um thickness and thinness vice versa so apparently yeah you're not supposed to go fast and sam bless her heart kept having to come around and tell me to slow down she's like katie whoa, whoa 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 slow down slow down you're speeding and i kept having to slow down and i've you know i've practiced since and i'm practicing slowing down i think just in general like this is kind of metaphoric and kind of symbolic for just my life i feel like i'm just bad at being slow at anything like i just need to rush into everything i do so anyway it was definitely a learning experience taking this class learning how to slow down but i mean truthfully yeah i was bad <laughs> like i wasn't i wasn't bad but i was just not good at calligraphy and that taught me a specific lesson because well first of all you can't expect to be a pro at something you just start like you can't expect to go into a class and be a total expert to be perfect at something that's just not realistic and it'll result in you kind of thinking ah well I just can't do that and I honestly when I left I was like okay that was cute and all 
And I'm happy to be able to say that I say that I did it and say that I took a calligraphy course and I have the calligraphy pen now and everything. But, you know, I was bad. So I'm not going to go, you know, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm kind of just going to stick to what I'm what I'm good at, what I know, my my typical lettering, like nothing spectacular and just do that because that's what I'm good at. And then I like slapped myself. I was like, well, I didn't physically, but like kind of metaphorically. And I'm like, Katie, wait, you you literally can't think like that. You can't think that okay, I'm going to stick to what I'm actually good at. Like, there's one thing I'm good at, or maybe nothing I'm good at, so I'm just going to not even attempt the things that I'm remotely bad at because I'm good at other things and X, Y, and Z. Like, for for one thing, I mean, it just shows that you don't really believe in yourself, which I'll admit is easier said than done, fully believing in yourself. You can say you do, you know, that you believe in yourself all you want, but unless you actually do, it doesn't really matter or mean anything so yeah but that that's the first thing I did this week that I was bad at and to be honest I'm kind of proud of myself for taking the class I went alone didn't bring any of my friends or anything not because well honestly I just don't think they'd be interested in something like that maybe they would if there was like wine involved but like I don't know so I just I signed up for by myself went with a bunch of perfect strangers tried something I was bad at you know and just utterly failed at it but like was still having fun while I was failing because everyone there was so nice and everyone was kind of struggling so yeah so I'm kind of proud of myself for that in general but it definitely did kind of first instill in me this this idea that I need to try more things I'm bad at because I think not even because I, I get cocky like that's one thing but I think also it's just like how else or how do you expect to to develop new skills if you're just doing the same things over and over again if you're just doing what is expected of you people ask me all the time like how do you differentiate yourself in the job market and in the job world and I always say like I mean, when you're in college and you're doing all these assignments and these projects for your professors that you're supposed to do, like I remember there's certain projects in communications that we did, like we did this menu design project, which was really fun and all, but, you know, everyone in my class and in the other units, like in the other or the other classes, so there's like a hundred million of us at Elon that all did the same project. And so if we applied for the same job, this employer would just see all of the same projects on both of our, you know, portfolios. So I mean, that's just a small example, but just in the in the grand scheme of things, a lot of times you're doing the same stuff as everyone else. So how do you differentiate yourself? You do some new stuff, do some things that weren't assigned to you, do some stuff in your free time that you're not assigned to do, that you don't need to do, but you just want to do, or you want to try something again that you're not great at and get get good at it, polish your skills, whatever. That's something that an employer would really love to see. So yes, that is the first kind of mini example. The second one, but before I do, I want to introduce today's sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by Away. Away creates thoughtful luggage for modern travel. You guys have probably heard of them. I actually have two Away suitcases. I'm actually using one of them to go to the train station in just a few minutes, actually. It is the beautiful, um, it's like a rose gold color and I love the size of it. It's uh, the carry-on. Uh, it's a lightweight and durable suitcase that's made for to last a lifetime of travel and it has actually a 100-day trial so you can try any product on the road and you know figure out if you like it. They have a limited lifetime warranty which is really nice and there's just so many other features. TSA approved combination locks, they have an optional ejectable battery so you can keep your phone charged or a movable laundry bag that comes with it to separate your dirty clothes. They've really thought of everything to make travel just easier. Um, and Away just like has a very specific style to things. They have their carry-on, an array of colors, 
two sizes, two materials. Like I said, I have two of their suitcases. I have two of the carry-on sized. They also have the bigger carry-on, but for me, I like having everything in a small little suitcase. I try to challenge myself as much as possible, and I feel like I can fit so much in these small suitcases. I feel like just the way they're designed, it's so easy to stuff them with things. Um, they're thoughtfully designed and very durable, and basically the features involved help you to keep everything organized, which I'm super organized with my suitcase, and it's actually also very easy to carry these up and down stairs because they're so lightweight, and that dreaded moment of putting something above, like putting the suitcase above your head, like on a plane or on a train, like I never have an issue with that because I feel like the material that they are made of are so lightweight that I have no issue, even when it's fully stuffed. So I love Away, I love their policies, I love the way that their luggage is designed, and I actually do have a special little deal for you guys today. So if you go to awaytravel.com slash hellokatie, you can get $20 off of a suitcase. So that's Away Travel, Away, A-W-A-Y-T-R-A-V-E-L.com slash hellokatie. That's hello, K-A-T-Y, and use my promo code hellokatie during checkout. You can get $20 off of a suitcase, which is incredible. I love Away suitcases. I hope to have these forever. And I want to thank Away for sponsoring this episode. I love you guys. Thank you for making amazing suitcases. Um, so recently I was hired by a client, a fitness client, to do some videography stuff, to do some photos, to do some graphic stuff, just overall a lot of their upcoming needs for a new launch that they're working on, a new innovation that I can't exactly say, but it's something very cool, and they're New York-based. So I've been working with them, I edited a few videos for them, and they loved them, they were obsessed with them, and I was like, yeah, you know, awesome, good for me, because I am, I mean, video is my strong suit, I've been editing videos on the internet for 10 years plus so obviously video is my strength and then they asked me to do some photo work for them and I was like okay maybe I mean I've taken photos I've taken senior portraits and like things like that in college and I've taken photos of products at L'Oreal I took photos of makeup things that don't move and you know senior portraits were again people that don't really move they just sit there on the fountain I take a picture of them we move on under the arch take a photo you know so nothing in motion I'd never have I've never photographed anything that's in motion and if you take photos at any capacity you know how difficult it is to get the settings right on your camera to capture something in motion the people that are like total photo buffs are like Katie are you kidding me it's like nothing but for people like me who is not accustomed to taking motion photography and also just not really taking professional photography in general. I mean, a lot that I do for my personal brand is just on my phone, but because I was doing video for them and because they liked my overall style and just my, my vision for things, I was like, you know what? Sure, let's do it. And wow. Okay. So to make matters even, you know, crazier with this whole situation, I just got a new camera. I've retired my old Canon DSLR, the one that everyone and their mother on YouTube had for a very long time. And I actually just got a Fujifilm X-T3 camera. It's beautiful. First of all, it looks so nice. And then also it just, I've heard amazing things about it. It shoots really awesome video content. I just put up a video actually yesterday with the camera that I, I used that camera to film and it looks really nice. I just love how it just looks really nice. It whatever. Anyway, great camera. So it's a new camera to me though. So I didn't know how to exactly work the camera. Like I did, I knew how to like take videos. I knew the settings and stuff, but it's definitely like, like with any new thing, it's just hard to get comfortable with something that's brand new. So 
And all the other photography I've ever done was on a Canon DSLR. So this is a Fujifilm. It's just different, okay? So we get to the shoot. It's in this beautiful, just like stark white studio um, in Manhattan. It's just, it's beautiful. The windows are huge. The lighting is amazing. I was like, okay, thank God. Even if I'm bad at this, at least the lighting is good. And good lighting obviously just makes for good photos. So even if I just can't figure myself out, you know, it's going to be fine. And in my apartment, actually before I, I... you know, I showed up to the studio, I was doing some like minor practice work with the camera in my apartment, I would just like throw something in the air and try to like capture it with the other hand. Like it was just so funny watching me try to do this. But yeah, so anyway, I think I, you know, I came into it thinking that I had a little bit, I was like, okay, I can do this. Not to mention, I've taken so many photography courses in my life. I took one in college. I took one in Italy when I was in college in Italy. And then I took one in high school, two in high school actually. And for whatever reason, after four courses, like literal half year courses in photography, I still I I just didn't pay attention, to be honest with you. Again, I thought I was too good. I was like, oh, I'll take great photos. It doesn't matter, whatever. So I I just need to like level myself sometimes. And honestly, like if you meet me, you'd never think I'm a cocky person at all. I don't think I truly am a cocky person, but I think sometimes I just get, because I'm super insecure in some areas of my life. Like I know for a fact I'm really bad at a lot of things and I will be the first to say that I'm bad at them. But there's certain things where I'm like, okay, that's my thing. And so I have to be an expert at that. It's not even like, a cocky thing more so than just me convincing myself that I need to be an expert at this thing because that's all I have you know so anyway we go into the studio we're taking photos so I tell one of the girls I'm like okay get in front of the frame or in front of the camera because I want to test the lighting test out you know just the look and feel and whatever so she gets in front of the camera and I'm like okay just like move your arm above your head because I'm trying to get like capture the motion and make sure that I can get it crisp because the first few shots I was kind of panicking because they were just like her hand was fully blurry and I'm like shoot okay how do I do this because the lighting was perfect and like she looked great but like her hand was blurry I'm like oh no so I just like quickly like in the back of my mind I was like okay what do I do when it's blurry like what does that mean and I was like okay that means the fps the frames per second like it needs to be faster or it needs to be like I need to be able to capture more frames like more of like the the motion or whatever so anyway I like I said I really don't know I was just like playing with it back and forth I need to what I what I need to do now like now that I'm realizing sitting here talking about this with you guys I really need to take a photography class there's probably a million in New York I have personal friends that are amazing photographers I'm going to ask them for like an hour of their time just to teach me these things because I had no right going in there so confidently but naturally I had to throw myself into an uncomfortable situation because that's what I'm doing now and it's like you know my new phase of life whatever so we get there, I'm taking the photos, things are fine, you know, I'm, I'm finally catching the motion. So like everything is crisp. I'm like, yes, okay, finally, like one win, we're good. Then, you know, as we're going, whatever, we're going through it. I have like a two hour session in the morning with this, this uh, brand. And then we were supposed to be able to go home for two hours. And then I had another session with them or two and a half hours. And then I had another session with them like later in the afternoon. And naturally, just like one thing led to another and we were going over in time in the morning. So I was anticipating because I had this camera was brand new. I only had one battery at the time and I was kind of hoping that, you know, it wouldn't take more than two and a half hours of battery in the morning and I can go home, charge it. It only takes two hours to charge and then go back and finish out the day and it'll be fine. 
But little did I know, because I was shooting, I was shooting a little bit of video and mostly photo, but just like some like video here and there. And I was shooting some video in 4K. And because I was shooting in such high resolution, high speed video and stuff, it was killing my battery. Not to mention we were just taking so many photos. I was doing like the rapid rapid shutter so it was like really capturing a ton of stuff and my camera was just like overwhelmed so classically we're like almost done but like not quite we had like at least like two other girls that had to be shot and my camera starts blinking red and I'm like oh no oh my god because I don't have another battery so I was like shoot I'm the worst photographer in the world this is the easiest like the rookiest mistake don't bring an extra battery like rookie mistake I should have just ordered one on Amazon or something like I can't believe you know I was so worried about capturing the photos correctly that I didn't even think about the other things of like what could go wrong whenever you go into anything like this like okay learn from my mistake always ask yourself what could possibly go wrong here and like any little thing like even the littlest of things like I brought extra memory cards because that's what I thought was going to go wrong I didn't think my battery would die like why didn't I think that I don't know so I also didn't even bring the charger so I didn't bring the an extra battery but I also brought didn't bring the charger I left it at home so I was just screwed so basically I told you know one of the girls because we actually were going over time of what I anticipated we were shooting till and they were like I'm so sorry like so and so was late whatever so we were at least an hour over what I was anticipating shooting until so basically what I said was I was like guys like my camera's gonna die I need to figure that out and I was like such like I felt so mad at myself while I was telling them I was like oh like I'm such a failure kind of situation and I was like I need to go run out and get you know because luckily BH photo which is like the most amazing photo and video store in the entire world and there's a huge one in New York City was very close it was like probably 10 blocks away so I just you know hopped on the subway and was able to go there but I had to tell them and be like admit that I didn't bring an extra battery and it was just like devastating to me but whatever we can always we always have to admit when we're wrong because otherwise it's like I mean people make mistakes everyone makes mistakes so anyway yes so then I was you know on my way my merry way to beach photo getting another battery got another battery came back to the studio rapid charged it like was charging one battery battery while I was shooting with another one and one was dying and the other one was on the charger and I was just rapidly switching out these batteries throughout the rest of the day and of course like I'm, I'm leaving the studio at 4 30 after shooting my second session and I'm like literally I need a drink after that like that was just such a day of me feeling like I mean this is a very small thing and you guys are probably listening thinking Katie it's not even that big of a deal but like imagine yourself already doing something you're scared to do and then like having such a simple thing go wrong oh yeah so anyway that is my second example of things I've done this week that I was not very good at (laughs) that I did because I think so often in our lives we're just kind of doing things every day that we're somewhat good at I mean are just doing things that we can handle like even if a little curveball is thrown every once in a while at least it's something that is in our skill set like we are doing something that we are somewhat skilled in I feel like and I think that was kind of one of my downfalls at L'Oreal was just doing stuff every day that I was very confident in and I was getting to the point where I was losing passion because I was only doing the things that I was accustomed to doing and I wasn't doing anything new because okay I'll tell you like when I got home from taking these photos and I put them I put the memory card into my computer and I was looking through them I my stomach just was soaring with happiness like my I say my stomach but like my insides just felt I felt so 
happy because the photos turned out so well like despite everything they look amazing and I was sending a couple of them teaser photos to the brand and they were so excited and like that feeling that is why we do things that we're not accustomed to that are different and scary and new because it's just another way that we can feel some sort of happiness in you know what's the a word that means proud of ourselves (laughs) another way we can feel proud of ourselves every day and I think it's all about life is all about finding new ways to be proud of yourself or new things that you do that you make yourself proud in doing so yeah I think that doing things that are scary though I mean it's it is a scary thing and so yeah but I I did read this uh this page actually one of my favorite creators Claire Marshall posted it on her Instagram story and I think it's by Long Leave I don't know how you say that name but L-A-N-G-L-E-A-V I'm pretty sure this book is by her it's called Sea of Strangers and it's called New Beginnings it's like a little passage and it says if I have learned anything this year it's that I won't ever be ready for what life throws at me I will never be adequately prepared I won't have the right words when it counts for something I won't know the right answer when fate itself is staring me down I've learned I can go on waiting for something sustained by hope and nothing more or I can put it to one side and shrug my shoulders bravely accept the fact that I can't keep my heart safe any more than I can stop love from taking anything from me everything from me I have learned to stop saying yes when I don't mean it to live as authentically as I know how to allow the tips of my fingers to skirt the darkness as long as I remember to keep my eyes fixed on the light and as one door opens and another closes I will move forward with knowledge that unlike so many others I have another year ahead of me another shot at making it all the way around the sun and a chance to get it right this time around goosebumps oh my god (laughs) like that oh I get such goosebumps when I read that because it's so funny that it always happens like this it's like you go through something and then all of a sudden you randomly see something on your feed or just like in your daily life that's like so relevant to what you just went through so I saw that and I was like wow I mean it's true it's you're not going to ever be adequately prepared for what life throws at you and there was a time when you were such a beginner at whatever you do now or you know I remember the first day I made my YouTube channel I remember the first time I just like there's so many little firsts that we just kind of forget about and we just accept like okay we're good we're good enough now so we don't need to start something new like oh gosh like no one wants to be a beginner again because there's nothing extremely satisfying about being a beginner at something like let's be real there's nothing aside from being able to say you're doing something like you know being able to say I went to a calligraphy class is very cool or being able to say I'm photographing this brand was very cool to be able to say but being in that beginner moment of being a literal beginner is not fun there's nothing fun really about that some people can find fun in those sort of things but not me (laughs) I like being an expert at things I like going into something knowing that people know that I'm good at something you know so yeah but it's true I mean she says I've learned I can go on waiting for something sustained by hope and nothing more or I can put it to one side and shrug my shoulders. Which I kind of took from that. I mean, now that I'm reading it again, I'm not sure if I interpreted it correctly, but it's true. I think that hope is something that sustains us in these things, in these new ventures. It's like you can try this thing that's really scary, but as long as you have this hope in the back of your mind that you will, you know, you will come out okay and like things will be 
things will be great things will be better than fine they'll be great you'll learn something new I think that that hope is what keeps us going or just that confidence in ourselves even when we don't really deserve to have confidence in ourselves because it is something new I think that is what keeps us going in these things and I mean it's about to be a new year it's about to be 2020 which I don't know how I believe or if I believe that like a new year is like a cause for like a new beginning per se because I think you can start over any day of any year of any minute of any hour you know but I still think that there it's still cause for celebration that we made it another year around the sun and that we are still going and we have another a whole nother year ahead of us to get it right so I find that to be beautiful. So I just want to take a quick moment to introduce another one of today's sponsors. Today's episode is sponsored by Lola, which you guys know I use every single month at that time of the month. I love their tampons. They're a female-founded feminine care brand that offers high-quality period and sexual wellness products made with natural ingredients. So their tampons, their pads, liners, cleansing wipes, all of them are made with 100% organic cotton. So no toxins, no dyes, or synthetic fibers so you can feel good about what you're putting in your body. The co-founders started Lola with a very simple and just very obvious idea, which I love. Women should not have to compromise when it comes to feminine care products. They ask themselves, if we care about the ingredients in the food we eat and the beauty products we use, why shouldn't it be the same for feminine care products? Amen. I agree. So that's why Lola was created and I love everything they stand for. They just want that time of the month and just those sort of things that we deal with as women to be easier. So easier for us to get our hands on the products with customizable subscriptions that fit every routine. Lola delivers exactly what she needs exactly when she needs it. Basically for Lola, they believe in total ingredient transparency. They make period products with 100% organic cotton. They want to make your life easier. They're made by women for women and they're making an impact. Every time you use Lola, you're supporting a brand that gives back to women in need. To date, Lola has supported over 2 million. Lola has donated over 2 million period products and counting through their charity partner, I Support the Girls. And in 2019, Lola launched Tax-Free Period, a groundbreaking advocacy campaign with period equality, the nation's first law and policy organization devoted to fighting for menstrual equality, which I love. So yes, Lola is a no-brainer. They care about the world and about women's health and about just the ease of getting product to you when you need it. I know it. trying something new can be scary, so they actually do have this $5 trial set activation running, so you can get a trial set of Lola product. It's never been easier to try it with low risk, so you can get two trial sets, each featuring a mixed assortment of period products made with 100% organic cotton, as we know, for just $5. So both sets include six compact plastic applicator tampons, paired with either two ultra thin liners or two cleansing wipes. And actually we have a special deal today. Get 30% off of your $5 trial set. So 30% off of $5. Just visit mylola, so it's M-Y-L-O-L-A.com and enter my promo code HelloKaty30. That's hello, K-A-T-Y 30 to redeem your offer. So it's never been easier to try Lola. Get started with a trial set today. I'm so excited for you guys to get started with it because you will love it, I'm sure, as much as I do. So again, for 30% off of your $5 trial set, visit mylola.com and enter my code hellokatie 30 to redeem your offer. And thank you to Lola for sponsoring today's episode. Let's get on with it. So I was thinking about other ways that I could make this podcast episode more interesting and aside from just my personal narratives my personal failures because of course you know those are relevant to me but there's other you know failures that have happened in this world that 
are so important to know about because I think a lot of times we just see the end product of things we always just we're scrolling through our feeds we see people that are experts at things we see people that are just so good at everything so pretty so perfect so skilled so smart a number of things and we don't see what they had to go through to get there and what was involved and a lot of times a lot of times we won't ever see those things a lot of times people just hide those things away from the public and you know if I hadn't sat down and just told you guys about these two things that happened you know my two little miniature like oh gosh I'm not that good at these things moments this week you probably would never have known about them because I wouldn't have just like I don't know shared them I guess I probably should have but maybe I would have who's to say but most people don't share their failures okay so there's a few different instances of failures that I just like have I've learned about recently and that I've just been floored by and the first one of course we've I mean some people have probably heard of this I vaguely did but I didn't know the full extent JK Rowling's failures so of course we know her for Harry Potter I've been to Harry Potter world like four times I think I've actually even touched on her failure story in my podcast before but I didn't know so I knew that she was you know on on welfare had a child was a single mother like trying to make ends meet and wrote this story for her her kid but I didn't know that so she basically in 1990 at the age of 25 while on a four-hour delayed train so she was on a delayed train and the young or the idea of a young wizard popped into her head i'm reading from my notes later stating that it came quote unquote fully formed and that all she needed to do was flesh out the details this is 1990 when she was 25 so then a few months after that she her mom died from ms she was really distraught about it and then a few months after that she moved to portugal to teach English, she met a man, got married, got pregnant, gave birth to her daughter in 1993. So three years later, she has a whole different life than she did at 25. You know, whole different life. And then her relationship crumbled. She went through all sorts of turmoil, you know, with her personal life. She ended up divorced. She had a child. She eventually, at the end of 1993, she moved to Edinburgh. Is that how you say it? Edinburgh? <laughs> to live with her sister. And so that at that point, she considered herself a major failure. She failed about just about everything she had ever attempted to do. She thought she was a bad mother. She failed in her relationship. She failed with her initial idea of Harry Potter. And so then, luckily, two years later, she kept going in 1995. Five years after the original idea of Harry Potter had come to her, she managed to finish the manuscript for Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, which is my favorite one, actually. Then she located an agent, but after a year of trying to get it published, all 12 major publishing houses rejected her book which a lot of us know about that that fact. And then in 96, so a year after I was born, a small, like very small literary house in London gave the green light and a very small advance of 1,500 euro, only due to the, be- only due to the behest of their owner's daughter. So the owner of this, this publishing house, like this very small publishing house's daughter liked the book and then it was published because of that. So very small stroke of luck. And I, I just want to know where this girl is now that was like, this book is good and like believed in this because wow, like little did everyone know it would be such a major thing. And then in 97, seven years after the original idea or the initial idea for the young wizard on her train delay, the first book was published. And then by 2004, this is the best part, she had become, JK Rowling had become the first author to become a billionaire through book writing. Isn't that insane? Like this, oh my gosh. And if she had stopped at any point of failing, of being bad at what she was doing, like 
that it would have been it would have been the end of it like there wouldn't be harry potter anything there wouldn't even harry potter wouldn't even be something that anyone would understand or know what that means and there wouldn't be a harry potter world there wouldn't be inspiration for probably so many other authors was found or was was brought from harry potter so like oh my gosh i can't imagine so that's a story that i love that you know of failure and i think we need to hear about those things often also chris pratt who i love i think he's hilarious he was homeless and lived in a van in maui in hawaii when he was 19 and then almost 20 years later he returned to hawaii and was paid 10 million dollars to film jurassic park or jurassic world sorry (laughs) jurassic world i wrote that one down i thought that was insane like he was homeless and then like 20 years later he's a 10 million dollars richer because he's recording or filming jurassic world in the same place where he was homeless that's insane. Chrissy Metz only had 81 cents in her bank account when she booked This Is Us. That one gives me goosebumps. I actually met her at the Golden Globes, which is so funny. I was really into, I'm still into This Is Us, but I was like, it was right when it had first come out and I was super invested. And of course, like at the Golden Globes, sorry, my motorcycle going by, at the Golden Globes, I see her and she's like not, this is when it had first kind of started. So it wasn't like a huge show at the time. And so she was not like swarmed by reporters and people. So I, I went up and I introduced myself to her, which is crazy. So yes, that's another one. Vera Wang trained to be a figure skater, which I didn't know. She was a figure skater but didn't make the Olympic team. Her fallback was fashion. And after a few decades, she started her own company when she was 40 years old. And now we know her dresses. She also, I also didn't know she was in the literary world for a little bit. She was at Vogue and she was actually snubbed. So she was supposed to be editor in chief. She was an editor and she was snubbed. She wasn't given the editor in chief position. So she kind of was like, screw that. I'm going to make dresses and now look at her. Okay. Then Emily Dickinson wrote over 1,800 poems, but only 10 of them were published during her lifetime. Very, very similar story to Vincent van Gogh. As you guys know, I did a whole episode on him, which I love. I love that episode. And he essentially only sold one painting in his whole lifetime. And now we know they're worth like billions, millions upon billions of dollars. So that just goes to show like those are just a few little stories. And I mean, like I said, those are just like famous people's stories. We don't even know the people that we see walking down the street every day, like what they've recently failed in and what they're pushing through and eventually will be so good at and like those little things. And the people that we follow on Instagram, we don't know what it took for them to get to where they are. There's so many little things that we never know. I mean, I just, whatever. I mean, that's that's what kind of gives me faith and gives me the knowledge to, to know that I it's okay if I'm not amazing right off the bat at something because no one is and I know it's it would be a lot easier if I was perfect and great at things I start but that's just not how you grow it's not how you learn you grow you learn through discomfort and through not being so great at things I think that's another reason why people get so discouraged at first in their corporate jobs when they you know graduate college and they go straight into the corporate world because I think I think in college to a certain extent you're always told that you're doing a great job you know, our professors, although they are hard on us, like in terms of our grades and in terms of, you know, test scores and stuff, like there was a certain number of very challenging classes I took in college that were, I felt very challenged. But for the most part, we're kind of told like, oh, you know, you failed this test. It's okay. Here's another chance to get whatever, to get extra credit. Like, oh, here's another chance. Like I felt like 
especially in in earlier school in elementary school we everyone gets a gold star everyone's doing great all the time and it's not until post-grad where literally no one gives a rat's ass if you are like you know have a good spirit about things if you're just constantly failing it's like you need to deliver in a lot of jobs you know which gives us a lot of it's there's a lot of pressure instilled in that so we get really discouraged when we have even the the min, most minor of failures like i remember when i first started at l'oreal i just couldn't for the life of me remember where the bathroom was and that was just like the biggest I, I kept having to ask and it just killed me it killed me inside to have to ask where the bathroom was multiple times because or just any little thing like just little things that everyone who's been there for a while knew but i had no idea or there's certain acronyms that like someone would start pitching something or talking about a project that I was supposed to work on and would throw out all these random acronyms and I would have to literally stop them in the middle of their sentence to ask what these random acronyms mean and when they said the meaning I was like oh my god duh of course but like how was I supposed to know you know it's like there's certain things that like yes your your beginner is showing your gen z is showing whatever but like it's it's just it's just the natural progression of things and how things go and everyone starts there. So I have a few quotes I want to share before we're done today, done speaking, done conversating because I actually do have to go to the, air, or the airport now. Penn Station, yes, I have to go to the Penn Station soon because my train board's in an hour and I just don't even want to know what the nightmare of Penn Station is like right now and I also have to get books for my uh, train journey. I want to read some books. Okay, so let me read a few of these quotes I have. So Muhammad Ali said this, it was amazing, an amazing quote. Impossible is just a big word thrown around by small men and women who find it easier to live in the world they've been given than to explore the power they have to change it. Wow, amen. Mm. Sorry, I'm sipping my coffee. I have this coffee that's just getting cold because I just forgot about it. Sorry. But isn't that amazing? It's true. Impossible is just a big word. It's a pretty big word. There's like 12 letters in that. Did I get that right? Three six seven oh ten letters one two ten letters i think big word thrown around by small men and women wow that's like an incredible little sentence little phrase it's true because yes it is easier to live in the world that we've been given to live in the world you know that we think is just meant for us like this is it like this is what i'm supposed to be good at i'm 24 and i've done everything i'm supposed to be good at and now i'm done now i'm just gonna live like this forever do the same old stuff and never try anything hard never try anything that sounds or seems impossible yeah and that's just how it is which is bs because of course we have to push the limits we have to try new things there's another quote every thought every emotion is only a tourist and i am not a hotel let them come and let them go i love that quote it's by muji m-o-o-j-i i think that's how you say it and so what i took from this was like we have we have feelings and thoughts of kind of what's the word it's like doubt that's the word doubt we have feelings of doubt that creep in all the time things that you know little voices in our heads that are saying oh you can't do that and here's why but i think that we have to remember that we tell ourselves such lies you know sometimes we can't trust our own thoughts we can't trust ourselves and so you know every thought every emotion in that regard they're just tourists passing through we can decide whether or not we want them to stay you know we are not hotels we are homes and you know they can come they can go and only the ones that we think are beneficial to us that will actually better us in some way can stay and I have another quote that actually pertains to that almost exactly. I wrote this in my journal last week. It's by Wayne Dyer. Begin to think of yourself as a divine, limitless being rather than a person who doesn't have a choice when it comes to your inner thoughts. 
Think of yourself as an observer, contemplating and selecting thoughts that you choose from, that never-ending stream of thoughts on your inner screen. I'm encouraging you to initiate a habit of choosing thoughts and ideas that support feeling good and powerful, and that elevate you to a higher level of consciousness, where your self-concept welcomes your higher self. So from that, yes, it sounds all spiritual and such, the one part that I was super just drawn to from that was, you know, wait, where is it? Oh, initiate a habit of choosing thoughts and ideas that support feeling good and powerful. It's true because you narrate your daily life. You are the narrator. You are the the author that pens your story. The way that you say things are is how they are in your head and how, and how you live your life. So I think that it's important to choose thoughts, choose thoughts and feelings that these thoughts and feelings can live here. They can stay here in my innermost being the ones that are good and powerful, the ones that make me feel good about myself. Like, yes, I can't, you know, just like pen myself an only positive narrative because of course we do need to be hard on ourselves sometimes. But I think that there's a time and place for that. And I think for the most part on a daily basis, we have to go through life thinking, okay, this is something that's hard. This is something I'm not very good at, but I'm going to try it and I'm going to be good at it because, or not I'm going to be good at it, but I'm going to feel good about it because I am learning and because I'm slowly, slowly coming home to myself. I'm slowly getting to the point where I am proud of myself. And so we should practice feeling like that every single day, doing things that we're scared to do. It's super important. So yeah, I mean, that was kind of what I wanted to share today, guys. I know this is kind of, I think maybe a shorter episode by like a five minutes or so because I actually do need to go to the train station or I'm going to be late. My mom's not going to be happy. I haven't even put a drop of makeup on my face, so that's uh, also an issue. So anyway, yes, that is it for this episode, guys. I hope you all have an amazing holiday. I think I'm actually going to episode, or I'm an episode, I'm going to podcast an episode next week. So you'll probably hear from me sooner than you think you will. Um, because usually I take the holidays off, but I think I actually have a concept I want to talk about next week. So we'll see. I'm going to bring my mic home with me. We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to have this little episode out so you guys can listen to something good and something that hopefully will encourage you to take some risks and do some things that you're not so great at, because I promise you, you know, you'll look back, you're never going to regret trying something new, first of all, and you're never going to regret trying something that you're bad at because eventually you can be good at that thing. So take the leap, take the jump, do it, try it out. DM me if you have any, you know, further things to say about this, or if you need some, a little pep talk or something, I'm here for you guys. And I hope you all have an amazing holiday. I'll talk to you guys all in my next episode. Bye. Mm